The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you are caring for a person with autism, great information from a trusted source can be a lifeline. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. We are here to have the conversations that will help you create success for the extraordinary individual with autism in your life. Now, here is your host, Rob Haupt. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt. Uh, I'm the Vice President of Business Development at Autism Spectrum Therapies, or AST. Uh, We're an agency that provides uh, services to kids with autism and other uh, developmental disabilities. well, I shouldn't say kids. I should say individuals across the lifespan because that's what it really has become, um, working with kids uh, at the early intervention level all the way up into adulthood, um, helping uh, young adults and uh, not-so-young adults uh, with their independent living skills, uh, employment, um, and just, just living better lives um, and, and helping them learn the skills to do that. Um, I'm also a BCBA or board certified behavior analyst. Uh, I've been doing that for about 12 years now. It's, it's, uh, it's been uh, crazy to think back that it's been been that long already. It, it feels like it's been uh, a lot less sometimes that it's times just kind of flown by. Um, so really want to just kind of get to this thought. Uh, sorry for the horrible transition into to my thought this week, but I'm really, um, I'm really, I guess, struggling with uh, with an email I got last night. Um, a friend of mine forwarded me an email that she got from a former client, um, and it's it's a client who uh, she knew better than I did, but I knew this this parent and this child um, more so the parent. I worked with the parent a little bit on, on an issue that came up, but it had very little to do with uh, her child's actual program. But my friend thought this email would um, would be something I would want to read, and, and she's right. Although it was a very um, it was a very disheartening email. It was, you know, in it this parent who is no longer a client of, of hers or of mine is. Um, Talking about what they they've accomplished, um, three years of ABA therapy, three years of early intervention, and her son is now in kindergarten, and he is just doing amazing, just absolutely amazing. And that was transparent. I mean, that was so evident. Uh, she sent a picture of him, a little YouTube clip, and it was just it was awesome. Um, it, you just see the the hope and the success and, and everything there. And it was so exciting for him to now enter a, a gen ed kindergarten class without all these supports and, and to be just doing so well. But what really, uh, I guess, hit home was the realities and the costs of what this all um, meant or, or what, what it required to get there. Because this this parent goes into more about the story about where they are as a family today and just the the financial burden and the um the stress it's put on the family that they've had to change so much about their lives and 
um, change where they live, change uh, the community they're in, uh, moving to a completely different state to to um, to get the support uh, socially, economically, uh, personally, to be able to support the entire family. And I really just was struck by this incredible cost that this family paid for their son. And, you know, we talk about it, and, and I've had guests on talking about it, but there was something very different about, I know this woman, I've met this woman. It just hit me in a very different way. And I, you know, on the one hand, I'm completely inspired by this parent, by just the pure selflessness and desire to do whatever it takes for her child. Just, it's inspirational. It's what you hope, you know, it's what you hope every parent can be. It's what I, you know, want to be as a parent. It's just that pure selfless love for your child. And on the flip side, how difficult that must be. Um, this is a smart person. This is an educated person. This is a talented person. But being able to hold down the job and still commit what's necessary for her son is a dilemma. Um, how much time has been sacrificed that could have led to career advancement to be able to spend time as part of her son's therapy, um, to drive him to different therapies, to participate in different therapies, all these different things. They're just, I don't know, it just, it just hit me in this whole new way to, to hear this story. And the, the realization really started to hit of this can't be the only story out there. I know it's not. I'm not naive enough to think it's not. But I now I'm wondering if there's a lot more stories like this than I ever realized. And it, it really made me think so much about just the system, how we set things up, the ability for families, for individuals on the spectrum to access services, access support, access help. But also, like, what are, what are we doing as service providers? Are we really taking all this into consideration you know, I've, I've talked to you guys before about that that hokey uh, history teacher of mine when I was in middle school, and she talked about, you know, history is all about how you see, you know, whose glasses you're looking at things through. We all wear our own pair of glasses, and and this idea of perception is something that I've really, really taken to heart over this last dozen years as I've been doing this, and I feel like I get it more and more and more, and the perception of the therapist, the therapy team, the, the approach to a parent coming in, like how, how can I be better at all of that and how I'm perceived in the name of helping a family and a child with now this added information of what is the real economic burden placed on the family? Because, you know, we're not, you know, we, I, I think sometimes we think that, okay, great, we've got this new insurance mandate. Things will be easier. Okay, we've got this other thing here. Things will be easier. And, and this is that family that, you know, they had insurance. They, they had supports. They had different things. But that doesn't mean everything was free. And there were still a lot of costs and burdens that came with it, both financially out of the pocket and, like I said, these, these job experiences. So 
just it really is this message that I think is going to take me a, a, a quite a while to kind of really fully understand and come to grips with. Um, you know, as you guys can hear, it's still very raw. I mean, I I, I read this less than probably less than 12 hours ago is when I read this email. So it's very raw and very much something I'm trying to digest. Um, It's something I really want to and really have a better understanding of and and how to help and how to maybe change the dialogue for for all of us um, within our community. So um, let's get get to something uh, happier. I want to... I want to smile too because uh, this whole time I haven't been. And our guest today is someone who I think um, is going to bring that smile to my face. Um, today we're actually going to be uh, joined by uh, Marissa Moss. Um, and Marissa is uh, someone who, who grew up telling stories and drawing pictures. Um, and she sent her first picture books to publishers when she was nine years old but mysteriously enough, never heard back from them. Now she's written and illustrated more than 50 books, 26 of them from her best-known series, Amelia's Notebook, which sold more than 5 million copies and has been translated into Chinese, French, Spanish, and Indonesian. She's also written a number of successful historical journals currently used in elementary and middle school curricula and picture books such as Jackie Mitchell, The Strikeout Queen. Um, But recently... um, she decided to launch her very first or her own publishing house called Creston Books, uh, which she just launched this year in 2013, and is aiming to bring back the golden age of children's picture books. Um, and she's encouraging authors and illustrators to do the work that's most important to them, the kind of books that resonate deeply with children and their parents. And one of the books that she chose to publish is a, a really exciting book called How to Be Human. And it is written by uh, uh, a young woman named Florida Friends, who is a young woman with autism, who is, uh, wrote this book. And, and I should say the full name because I left off the tail end. It's How to Be Human, Diary of an Autistic Girl. So we are really excited to have Marissa on the show. Marissa, welcome. Well, thank you. It's so good to be with you. Um, you know, I was, I was hoping you could start off and maybe tell us a little bit about about this book? You know, what, what, is, what is How to Be Human? What, what's this book about? Well, uh, it's about Florida trying to figure out her journey. This is basically diary pages that uh, cover eight years of her life. She's now 16. And these are pages she started writing with the help of her therapist to figure out how to interact with what she called the human world. She felt like an alien. She felt like everybody was speaking a language she couldn't understand. And she was trying to understand how to read facial expressions. And then once she figured out that a curved up mouth means someone's smiling, means someone's happy, then she had to figure out that, wow, people can fake smile so they can be smiling, but they're not really happy or they're not really glad for you. So it's a kind of fascinating journey through autism from inside an autistic kid's head, but it's also a a map of the tools she and her therapist used to help her figure out what she calls, she calls being an empowered autistic. She she still is autistic, she'll always be autistic, but she she feels like she 
it doesn't define who she is anymore. And listening to your intro about that that uh, email you got mm-hmm. and the hard work, her forward just talks about how she feels like autistic kids have to work. She's had to work harder, she thinks, in her eight years than most what she calls normal humans have to work, how they have to work for their whole lives because of the, the uphill battle it's been for her to learn this entirely foreign language, the syntax, what she calls this mm-hmm. complex calculus that everyday humans do every day, just reading the arch of an eyebrow for her is a huge difficulty. The mm-hmm. things that we take for granted that she can't take for granted. It's fascinating. Yeah. Well, I want to talk more about the book um, and and more about the book and, and how it all kind of came about, but we do have to take a commercial. So let's okay. take a quick commercial break and we'll be back more with Marissa. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today and let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, supporting extraordinary individuals and their families. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. There are many who have faced life-changing adversity and have demonstrated the resiliency of the human spirit in spite of that. You'll hear these moving stories and learn about the impact of life's challenges when you tune into Inspire Journeys, Overcoming Adversity and Thriving with your host, Lisa Ferentz. You'll find meaning in some of the most difficult traumatic experiences. And by doing so, you can pay it forward and help others through their healing processes. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's more info at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm joined today by uh, Marissa Moss, um, and she is the publisher of a really cool book that's, uh, that just came out called uh, How to Be a Human, or sorry, How to Be Human, Diary of an Autistic Girl. Um, and, you know, you talked a little bit about the book itself, um, and about kind of what it's about, um, and this idea of like a roadmap. 
Um, is that, you know, I noticed that the book is almost rather than chapters, it's steps. Right. And it, you know, is, is that the purpose or what was the purpose of those steps? Well, what happened was basically Florida had these pages, many, many pages like this. Uh, these are, they, couldn't, they kind of look like, um, they look like notebook pages because mm-hmm. they were based on, you mentioned in your intro, the series that I did, Amelia's Notebook. And her therapist mm-hmm. used Amelia's Notebook as a model for her to figure out her own feelings, to figure out difficulties that she was dealing with. So when she had an issue, her therapist would go through and find some Amelia's book that resonated with whatever Florida was facing, and it basically showed her a kind of template for how to talk about or draw and write about her problems. So that mm-hmm. these, book, these pages are basically notebook pages, so there's art and words on every page. I mean, the, the art, I think, is as important as the, as the text that she's, she uses to describe what's happening. And because it was a bunch of random notebook pages, well, not random, it was dealing with issues, I was trying to figure out, as a publisher, as an editor, what's the overall arc to this book? I can't just give you these pages. I've got to give some kind of order. And I had Florida write the foreword, and the foreword is what gave me the idea that this would be steps for her trying to figure out how to be human, because Mm. she writes about trying to figure out how to be in this human world, how to be part of it. Because she said it's very comfortable for autistic people, herself, to just stay in your head because it's safer there because of the sensory overload she felt when she'd be venturing out into this social world that was very difficult for her. Mm-hmm. So when she said that, I thought, well, okay, let's break this down into steps. And then she came up with the steps, and she organized them. So this book is basically, it's, all, it's written entirely by her. Mm-hmm. But I helped her edit and organize, as every author needs. She got nothing more than any, what any other writer would get. I mean, some people have been skeptical about whether a kid could write this. But she's, I think, truly very talented and gifted. And this, for a girl who is, her diagnosis came when she was young. She was three when she was diagnosed as low IQ and autistic. And her parents just didn't give up. They got her as much help as they could possibly get. And she now goes to high school without being identified as autistic. That was their goal, was that they could get her to go someplace, which is why she used a pseudonym for this book, because she's not... You would, if you met her, you would know she's autistic. She is autistic, but she didn't want to be labeled like that because she felt like uh, it's a stigma in our society, unfortunately, and she didn't want teachers looking at her with those kind of expectations. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you, actually. That was one of my questions is, you know, I'm sure our listeners were probably wondering, why am I talking to you and not to Florida? Yeah, for exactly exactly that reason. She's chosen to be private about this. I think at some point she will come out and be uh herself, but she doesn't feel ready for that yet. And I, you know, she's a teenager for one thing, and she's an autistic teenager. You can certainly understand. I I was going to say, I feel like that, I don't know, 16, it's not quite as bad as maybe 13 or 14, but it's not that much better. I, I can understand maybe her wanting her privacy and saying, you know, I, I have these aspirations and the pressures and the social pressures of being in high school can, I don't know, I, 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 it makes sense. I get it. They're really tough. And the other thing is she was tired of people saying, that's good for an autistic person. I mean, that, that, that's oh. being added to every sentence. I mean, she went and she's, she does martial arts and she got a black belt. And at the end, someone said, oh, you did great for an autistic person. She thought, well, hey, that was good for anybody. Getting a black right. belt is an achievement for anybody. And that's, yeah. that's a lot of it. 
No, I mean, it, there definitely are still so many connotations with this, with the label. And it's, I know it's something that so many guests have talked about. It's, you know, wanting to almost have the, the name the, the, of autism mean something different in our society. And it be no different than, hey, I have black hair and a beard. It's no right. different than, oh, yeah. I, I have autism. Right, yeah. Or saying I'm short-sighted or something like that. Like, yeah. is, I, that doesn't define who you are. It's just something right. you deal with. So you yeah, wear glasses, big deal. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, I think it's interesting. I, you you kind of mentioned, I got like three or four questions, so I'm going to go into probably a bunch of different tangents. But I think it's really interesting what you said about um, the the art. You know, going back to the beginning, you said the art was important as the words of the book. And I, I really, I felt like that's really true. The, the, the pictures are in some ways more powerful um, because of some of the, you know, especially I, I really liked it when she was drawing other people's faces or expressions. And then there's parts about like the bubble. Um, there was one page where she was, um, someone was uh, teasing her and you could uh, see like yeah. the 10 different thought bubbles and there was something about I, I I don't know I felt like I was drawn to the pictures right away every time I looked at a page, um, and it gave me a different maybe I'm a visual person but I had this whole thought of wow I can really sense what must be going on in her head and how hard that must be. I, I totally agree. I think so much of the power of this book is in the the visual stuff, and I think that's actually true for. For everything that we deal with, I mean, that we're visual people, and we tend to, as we grow up, we stop drawing and we stop looking at pictures, but they're really integral to how we sort through the world. So the fact that she uses that as a tool just makes her, it gives her more ways to grasp the world and express what she's thinking and feeling. Yeah. I think it's a powerful tool. And I like the way she uses these meters, like she has... She measures things like the kid oh, yeah. bad behavior or what makes a cool kid, what makes a friend, what makes not a friend. And it's, the, it's kind of integrating her logic with yeah. a visual kind of record of, okay, this is the scale, this is the temperature, this is how I gauge. Yeah, it's, you know, it, and that's why I find it surprising, though, that someone would think she didn't write it because, I mean, I, I guess I'm not that surprised, but I definitely I didn't get that impression. If anything, I, I felt like you were really getting insight into the way a specific person thought. Um, it felt a little too personal to be someone else. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, and it is very personal. But I think that's just a general suspicion that people yeah. have of, I mean, you know, the autism community. I'm talking about people who don't know autism, who immediately think sure. oh, an autistic kid could not have done this. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. Because I, I definitely come at it from a, like, that different point of view. I mean, for me... I, I thought about it when I – within probably four pages, I had this moment. Um, I, I read uh, that book from a number of years back, The Curious Incident of the Dog at Night. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a book, you know, so many people have said they're surprised. They thought the author must have been on the spectrum. People in the community were like, wow, right. he really hit that so well. And I remember um, I, I couldn't even describe to you what I read or what the passage of, this, uh, of the book was. But I remember a point where they were – the author was talking about math and numbers and, and how the, the character – the fictional character's brain was working. And something about the way that logic from that book and the feeling it gave me, I had that feeling all over again. 
um, in reading this book. And oh, that's great. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I just, like I said, I really feel like I got to know this person's thought process, and that's a really cool thing. And I think that's what that's what the reviews have been saying, and I think that's what's unique about it is for people who don't know autism, this is the mm-hmm. closest they'll get, I think, to getting inside mm-hmm. an autistic kid's head. And because so many autistic kids are mainstream now in classrooms, teachers are are flailing. They don't know how to deal with these kids, and they're they're nervous and worried. But this gives them a sense it's not so other. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a learning to be patient and give kids who kids with autism some, as as Florida says, sometimes she just needs time and quiet because everything's mm-hmm. just the sensory overload just is magnified, mm-hmm. and these echoes just don't go away. Actually, I have a description I want to read if I can. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Forward that I I just love because she's talking about this this sensory overload, and especially in school, she said mm-hmm. the worst part about this is that the more it happens, this sensory overload, the more it bothers you. Those yucky sensations don't leave your body as soon as you stop getting exposed to them, but instead continue echoing through your nervous system, jarring every cell in your body. The more you get exposed to, the stronger the echoes are, and the less tolerant you are. It becomes a perpetual trap of sensory overload. On top of that, or maybe because of it, falling asleep and staying asleep can be very hard. It can really put you in a nasty mood because, A, you're tired, and B, it's unpredictable when you have a good or bad night. These are just some of the physical challenges of being autistic. The core of the problem lies in the brain and how it understands your emotions as well as those, those of others. The main problem is it doesn't. And she goes on from there. But I think that's a really good description. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, it, it kind of – I read that or I listen to you say that, and it is a good description, and it – I think part of the reason is it's a good description is, you know, it's not some it's not some therapist like me telling you what I think it's like. It's not some scientist who's been studying the brain telling you this is someone who's been living with this way, who has been coping and and working hard, as you said at the at the beginning, to overcome and to achieve. Um, she's telling you in, in her own words what it's like. It's it's so cool. I think it's what's also great about this is she she basically she has a wonderful wry sense of humor, um, which cracks me up. I mean, when I've emailed her back and forth about things, she'll tell me a joke and then she'll in the next email explain to me the joke. But mm-hmm. you know, of course, I got the joke. But because for her, <laughs> she needs the jokes explained, and I, I love that sense of humor coming through here. And I know how much yeah. how much work that took. Yeah. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about actually um, a little bit more about how you guys work together. Um, so let's take a little bit of break. Um, but I'm curious kind of what it was like for you working with Florida, um, especially in the early stages of this book. So let's take a break and talk more with Marissa about that. Okay. Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. 
Call us today and let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, supporting extraordinary individuals and their families. Visit AutismTherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. Women of all ages have a variety of health issues and challenges. No matter what they are, they basically come down to lifestyle choices. If you feel out of balance, take a look at the factors in your life. Stress, PMS, blood sugar problems, or eating on the run. You don't have to be at the mercy of your hormones. Tune in to Food for Thought with Meg Ricicci. Meg and her guests will take the mystery out of how you feel so that you stay well. Tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus drug discount card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance, and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies, but 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Everyone is eligible for RX Savings Plus. There's no age or income restrictions, and no paperwork. Simply print a card and start saving on your prescriptions. Start saving today. Enroll and print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word talk radio to 96362. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. Uh, I'm joined today by Marissa Moss, the editor and publisher of Creston Books. Um, And we're talking about uh, a new book that they have out um, called How to Be a how to be human. I keep trying to throw the A in there. I don't know why. Uh, how to be human, diary of an autistic girl. Um, you know, I, before we kind of get into you and um, Florida working together, I was, I, I kind of wanted to go back to maybe a little bit of the beginning about how, um, how you, how this book came to you. And w- was this something you knew right away you wanted to, publish? Well, that's interesting. I, basically, this book came to me um, long ago, before I started Creston Books, because the, because the therapist was doing work based on Amelia's notebook, she had sent me some of Florida's pages. And when I give presentations to teachers, I had used some of Florida's pages as examples, not talking about her as an autistic child, but as a regular student using Amelia's notebook as a model for, for journal writing, basically how to inspire kids to write and draw in an interesting, meaningful way because her, her stuff is so good. So one of the pages I used to show all the time to teachers was, there's, she has a, she, she, like I said, she uses these scales to kind of figure out things, and she had this scale of small bad things, medium bad things, and bad bad things. 
to make mm-hmm. her figure out how bad her day really was. So small bad things are things like boogers in your nose or tarring roof outside car- choir practice and that horrible smell, which is a good small bad thing. But the bad bad things are opposite sexes kissing each other except for parents and believing your older friend that it's okay to knock on strangers' doors. So I thought this was hilarious. And, again, this is her sense of humor with these great drawings. And I would mm-hmm. show this slide, and teachers would get excited because this models kind of how to use a notebook to get kids to explore their lives. Mm-hmm. And um, when I started Creston, I thought, I've got all these drawings from Florida. I'd collected them over the years, and I thought this would be an, a fascinating book because then I, just, then I knew she was autistic. And I went back to her therapist and said, do you think this, that Florida would be interested in going back over these pages? She'd have to do more work. Would she want to do this? And Florida did, and she put in the time and the work. I mean, she didn't redraw any of the pages or the, the original notebook drawings are the way they were. What she did was mm-hmm. frame them, like I said, with these steps. So mm-hmm. she had to kind of conceive of it differently. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was just too interesting a book not to do. I think it's really interesting that you were using the pictures in, in speaking to teachers. And these were like general education yes, teachers. Exactly. Not, you know. It's not special ed classes. No, no. It was really about, because I think what teachers struggle with is uh, writing is, is a scary thing to teach because there are no, uh, I mean, you know good writing when you see it, but when you write by formula, it's bad. So you can't, you, I mean, besides knowing grammar, you need to basically trust people's instincts. And one way you teach people to, to write is by reading a lot and then by writing a lot. But it's hard to get kids to write because they feel like, well, my life is boring. What do I have to write about? And what Amelia's notebook models is that everybody's life is interesting. It's just how you tell the story. It's your point of view. And what Florida showed was a very specific, idiosyncratic, and fascinating point of view. And teachers got that right away, and they thought, wow, my kids could do this. They could do a small bad things, medium bad things, bad bad things. They could do that kind of scale. They can write and draw about this. It was basically an entryway for them to get their kids to be creative. And that was for regular kids, not special needs. Just everybody needs that. Yeah. You talked about a little bit about some of the, the, the steps of, of how this book came about, but I'm, I'm really interested in, in what it was like working with Florida. Um, you know, did you, or I guess, how much did you know about autism and did you, how, how, if at all, did you adjust maybe how you worked with her compared to just the average author? Well, um, I, I don't know very much about autism. Um, I, I claim no expertise at all. And, um, I, and, and working with Florida in some ways was challenging, but working with any author is challenging. And what I liked about Florida was that as long as I gave her very clear instructions, she would, she would do it. She, there was no complaints. There was no, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to rewrite mm-hmm. that. A lot of people don't like revision. I mean, most people don't like revision. But the fact is, 90% of writing is rewriting, and although I didn't rewrite the original notebook pages, the steps and her introduction, I did make her revise that over and over again. And I didn't say, um, this is what I want you to write. I just said, this needs shortening, or you need to focus more on this and that. The kind of general uh, suggestions an editor gives, you, can't, you don't line edit. You don't tell them exactly what to write. It had to be her voice, because I don't know the autism experience. I can't speak to that. But she was very good at responsive, and maybe it was part of her, her autism even. I mean, she has a perfectionism about, about herself, and she writes about that in her, in her book. She calls it Avoid the Perfection Trap. She just mm-hmm. wants to do things absolutely right, so she'll redo things over and over again. And if I asked for a page, she gave me eight. So it was more 
carving away and taking things out than getting her to add more. Wow. She's not afraid of hard work, I, I gotta say. This is a girl who's worked hard all her life. Yeah. Well, and I think, is, if I'm not mistaken, like, isn't that, um, I, you know, I, in, in preparing for today, I was really fortunate to get some of the, um, you know, some of the different, I guess, press release uh, materials that, that you guys have. And, and I thought it was really interesting. Uh, there's a Q&A, a brief Q&A one page with Florida, as well as with um, her therapist who she worked with. And I, I feel like that was a really cool final thought from her therapist of like, this is about eight years of hard work and self-exploration. Clearly, this is not a kid afraid of hard work. Right. And if you see, one of the, the issues Florida has, is she's, not, she's not just autistic. She has a kind of spectrum of learning disabilities. And one of them yeah. is, I think it's called, forgive me if I'm wrong, dysgraphia. She, she okay. had a real hard time learning to write. Yeah. And if you see her right now, she doesn't hold a pen or a pencil in a, in, a, in a normal way. She holds it in a very, mm-hmm. I can't even describe how she holds it, but it looks painful and awkward. And so it takes her much, much longer to write. And wow. although she was, she's always been verbal, I mean, some autistic kids don't have language, she yep. didn't have, it, although speaking was there, reading and writing was not. That took a very long time. Um, and now she's just um, amazing. I mean, that was just really through, as her therapist said, she had to make the decision that she wanted to do the work. No matter what her parents did, if she didn't buy in, it wasn't going to happen. And she had this realization, I think she was seven, she saw some television program about an, a, a boy who was autistic with a, a, a dog that helped him read situations. And when she saw this boy, even though he was very different from her, she recognized herself. And that's when she said, mm. am I like him? Am I autistic? And there was like a year of wow. grieving while she dealt with the diagnosis. I am autistic. What does that mean? And then at the end of the wow. year, she decided, okay, I want to be human. I want to be part of the human world. And that's when she really started working hard. Wow. That's amazing. That is absolutely incredible. I think that's, that, that's got to be such an, uh, an, I think for anyone, not just for someone on the spectrum, to be able to see something and say, that's me, that defines me, or that looks like me. And then the process of maybe coming to that realization and then um, comfort with it, it's got to be just an amazing and, and just incredible process. I think it was a very long, hard journey. Yeah. And talking with her parents um, more about what she was like early on, I mean, they're describing to me how she was diagnosed when she was in preschool, uh-huh. and the teacher basically said, you, they call, called them in and said, you cannot have your child here without a one-on-one aid. They're like, what? What's the matter? And, and wow. said, well, she doesn't, intervo- she doesn't interact with the other kids. She hides under the table. She, there's no eye contact. She doesn't know how to play. And that was kind of the beginning journey. And if you met her now, you would have no sense of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, clearly. I mean, based on what you've told me, I'm sure there would be no sense of that. I mean, if she's, if she's in high school and with the goals that she talks about and you've talked about, then it, it sounds like it was a real different starting point compared to where she is. Today. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, I think that's what makes it so impressive. And, and hearing the stories from her parents, I would have no idea. Like, I can't imagine that she was a child where it would be, you know, a huge effort to get her to comb her yeah. hair or to put on shoes or to wear anything that wasn't red. I mean, all the, the kind of, I, I know they've gone through this exponential journey, just like you described at the very beginning. They've worked very, very hard. Mm-hmm. And the payoff is that they have, they can see something for it. That, yeah. You know, and that she can see something. 
I mean, what will happen in the future? Who knows? I think she should become a writer. I think she's very gifted. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm curious about, um, I kind of want to backtrack for a second, um, but is, I don't know, in, in speaking with Florida, it, it, is part of her hope, do you know, that other people on the spectrum read this and um, it, it kind of sparks um, a passion for someone else or, or does she have a broader, I guess, uh, vision of, of the people reading this book? Well, she, I think, particularly wrote it for, for autistic kids and she says yeah. in her foreword that she, she wants them to feel empowered the way she feels empowered. She wants yeah. them to not feel alone and that they can feel a way to get in, on, entree into this human world that she talks about. I think, however, it's, it's way broader than for autistic kids and their families to read about. I think, like I said, teachers need to read about it. And I think any kid in middle school will get something out of it because the social stuff that she's dealing with, figuring out how to make friends, what makes a good friend, dealing with peer pressure and who's cool and what's not cool, that's all mm-hmm. the same stuff every middle school kid deals with. But it's crystallized through that intense prism of her autism. Mm-hmm. So I think it's the kind of thing that any kid will will recognize, it will resonate with any kid. Plus, using the diary journal format, I think, empowers kids to write down their own stories. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. The themes there are definitely universal. I, I just, I couldn't help but think about that idea of she's watched a, a TV show and had that realization. Um, I was curious if there was that desire to be able to help someone go through that same exact journey she did. I think that's exactly true. And I like yeah. the way, I don't know if you saw that, the way she describes herself in her about the author page. Can I read that mm-hmm. real quick? Yeah, please it's, do. It's, it's a great description. She says, due to a glitch in the time-space continuum, Florida friends wound up on the wrong planet. On the planet she should have been on, everyone is autistic. When no work needs to get done, everyone spends their time flapping, doodling, and spinning. However, Earth has become a home to Florida, and she has discovered many Earthlings can be fun and nice. Florida especially loves Earthling kids whose brains are very receptive to new ideas and her friends who, like her, may be from other planets but are adapting fabulously to her, their lives on Earth. I think that's really the point she's getting at. Yeah. You know, she, would, she would like to be able to flap, and she still does a little flapping, but mm-hmm. she is happy to be part of this bigger society yeah. with her autistic friends and normal humans, as she would call them. We've got another commercial break we've got to take. I think that's a really good point for us to to dwell on for a minute or two. So let's take our final break, and I'll be back with Marissa Moss. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today and let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, supporting extraordinary individuals and their families. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it will be 50 years from now. 
Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Final segment here on Autism Spectrum Radio. Uh, God, I got the mumbles today. Throwing in extra words, stuttering. Um, But I'm joined today by Marissa Moss, uh, editor and publisher of Creston Books. Um, You know, we've been talking a lot about Florida's book and uh, working with her and and this amazing point of view um, that she brings to the table. You know, you talked about, very briefly, you talked about her parents um, in our last segment and I was just kind of curious, how are, they, um, how are they responding to, to all of this? I'm sure you know, it's, it's got to be a little different. You have this anonymous child who is you know, blending into high school life, and now they have a daughter who's a published author. Um, you know, what, how are they doing with all this? That's an interesting question. I, I'm not sure. I don't know that they – I don't think they've really – it's really sunk in that she has a book out and that it's getting any kind of attention. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're proud of her, but I think they're more proud of her for all the work she's done and that she's taking AP classes now in high school. That's, oh. that's what they're really proud of. Wow. But to get her to take an AP class, I mean, I'm impressed. That's, that's huge. Yeah, I, I would say so, considering the, the A point you described. Yes. For, for, that, for that person, I, and I'm, I'm going to throw diagnoses out the window Someone who is not socializing, someone who is not doing well in school, someone who had a maybe a, a negative uh, future in terms of school projected to now that's be in AP yeah, classes. That's, that's exactly cool. right. Yeah. 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 So for 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 a child who is called low IQ to be doing as well as she's doing, I mean, I mean, she's just proving. Yeah. That those those diagnoses, quote unquote, don't mean much. I mean, it really it's what you do with you know you you have problems and you're not in denial about it. You deal with them. And you get there. I actually, I, I will say something. I hadn't. This is something I hadn't planned on saying, but um, I know the therapist would like me to say it. That sure. um, 
a lot of people would say, well, her parents had a lot of resources. They brought in a bunch of different therapists, and they had a whole team, you know, Team Florida working with her. Yeah. It, was, it was exhausting, and it was expensive. But what the therapist would argue is that this help is out there for anybody who wants to get it because she works with a lot of families who can't afford it, and there are resources, as you know, out there. What it means, yeah. though, is that you need an advocate to deal with it because getting through school districts and insurance companies is never easy. Nope. Um, but it's doable. It's attainable. Anybody can get the resources that Florida had. So this isn't like something you could only do if you were a millionaire. Yeah. Um, this is something that anybody can do. It just, as you said, it takes a lot of energy, resources, time, 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 and determination. So for yeah. the parents, I think they had to do all that work while Florida had to do her work. Mm-hmm. And, but it came together, and it actually there was a, there's a big payoff. And I think right now they feel a huge, huge pride that she's made this journey. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm sure. You know, you uh, something about the AP and the, <laughs> something about this is a weird tangential logic for me, so I apologize. But I know um, I wonder just how important you, you talk about Florida's struggles to to write and writing became a big part of this. And I know she, like I said, in some of the Q&A materials I saw, she talked about a love of reading and writing. And reading um, was something that she also had to struggle with to really overcome some of her, um, her reading difficulties. And I wonder how much of all of this success can be attributed to someone who really fell in love with reading. Because we hear about, you know, again, our typically developing kids. I, I feel like my... My friends who are teachers, uh, my wife is in education, and she says all the time, kids who read seem to really succeed. You know, young kids in elementary school who are reading a lot really seem to do better in school. And here's a young woman who overcame so much, but she clearly, and she says it, has a love for reading as well. Um, Just gives me a thought of, you know, whether it be the therapy that, that we do, uh, working with our kids on the spectrum, working with kids with other developmental disabilities, you know, do we do we maybe need to put a little bit more stock into reading um, uh, uh, based on Florida's success? Well, that's a really good point, and I think that's true. It's certainly true. I think it's true across the board for for all kids, as, as you said. That um, I mean, reading. I think for Florida, it, all, it gave her a place to belong, a place where she felt safe, a place where she felt like she could understand exactly what was happening. She didn't have to read people's expressions. It was spelled out for her so that she could understand exactly that world. And she could, that, that world that you develop with your imagination is yeah. huge. And that's what you're talking about when you get kids reading. What you're, you're, what you're teaching them is how to be inside their own head. And you're teaching mm-hmm. them critical thinking. Yeah. No, I, I, I think you're so right. Um, well, I mean, with that thought, you know, I, I'm I'm really been impressed by by this conversation. What so much of what's come out of just this book, but you've got some other things coming out. So maybe you know we've got a couple minutes left. Maybe you could share with our audience um, what other uh, books you guys have coming out that might be interesting to them, and maybe how they can go about uh, finding them or purchasing them. Well, we have uh, this is my first list. This. The first list came out this fall, and it's four books, so How to Be Human is one of them. I'm actually very proud that two of the books are by debut authors, people who've never been published before, one of whom is is Florida, and the other is Lola Goes to Work by Marsha Goldman, which is a delightful little picture book about an underdog. It's it's a 
it's a Yorkie, a Yorkshire Terrier who wants to be a therapy dog. And she nice. proves that you can have a, a a big heart and take on this tough job that normally big, big dogs do. It's mm-hmm. really quite sweet. And we also have a nonfiction book um, called Rotten Pumpkin, A Tale mm-hmm. of Rot in uh, 14 Voices, which is what happens to a jack-o'-lantern the day after Halloween and has fabulous photos. I mean, these are incredible images of the different slime molds and rot and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of fungus that grows on a pumpkin. But it ends up with a hopeful ending because there's a little sprout that turns into maybe your next jack-o'-lantern. And then the last book on the list is by, uh, oh, and how to, um, Rotten Pumpkin, by the way, is by David Schwartz, who's mm-hmm. done a ton of books. He's very well known for um, How Much is a Million and Geos for Google. And the other well-known author is Elisa Clevin, who's done dozens and dozens of books, and her book is called Cozy Light, Cozy Night, and is basically just a beautiful kind of tuck yourself into cozy world and go to bed book. So it's nice. They all are very different, and they kind of range across the spectrum, and you can see them all on our website, um, crestonbooks.co, or hopefully at a bookstore near you, I would hope. Well, congratulations on on this first list. you know, I've, obviously, I've only I've only read the book we're talking about, but I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, if our conversation is any indication, I'm sure these other three books are are also fabulous. <laughs> thank, um, you. thank you. I really enjoyed having you on the show today, uh, and just all the best of luck in in you know list number two, three, four, and so forth. Oh, thank you so much. That's really sweet of you. Uh, you're very welcome. Thanks so much. Um, two minutes left. Um. I told you guys I wanted a smile on my face, and I have one. I, I just it, – it's very cool to hear these stories. Um, and like I said, it's just – I think it's really interesting, this, this different – the different journeys that everyone takes. Um, you know, Florida has her own unique journey. And to hear some of the, the self-realizations she came to – um, I, I know not all of her therapy was, was ABA, but I hear a little bit of those ABA pieces in there, good self-management, good uh, operational definitions, um, which, which tells me that you know, all of what we do, different therapies, different people, different approaches, we, we fit. You know, we can fit together to make this, um, this tailored approach to each one of our kids, whether it be Florida and her situation, her goals, her dreams, her best approaches, or the next child's. Um, and, and that's really exciting. It, it's really exciting to know that we can, we can be, take these concepts, really apply them, and really individualize them. Because this is clearly someone who's achieved so much, but I, I have no doubt that it was through a lot of hard work as well as us as or whoever her therapy team was really individualizing things to her um so i hope you guys have a fabulous week i hope you have a fabulous weekend school's up and running so i hope that went okay and you have you've had smooth transitions i know it's really stressful so i I hope i hope it worked out for everyone um if you have more questions for us or comments uh feel free more info at autismtherapies.com or uh, just post something on Facebook. It's always cool to hear what you guys have to say, um, even if it's just a comment um, on what we've been up to. Have a great week and weekend, everyone. Take care. 
We hope you've had some questions about autism answered this week. Autism Spectrum Radio can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join us for another edition next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.